We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, I want to talk about how those on the left, the progressives, predominantly the Democrats, but not always, how they are now using the Bible to justify their positions. They're actually posting Bible verses on billboards across the nation to support abortion and LGBTQIA and things that most of us understand the Bible actually prohibits. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Well, as I said in the introduction, today I want to talk about how progressives, the woke and the righteous, those on the left, those that believe in big government and often say they don't even believe in God, how those people and how those politicians, those demagogues, those people that fancy themselves to be smarter than you and better than you, those that look down their nose at the stupid rubes and deplorables and the heartland states, you know, the buckle of the Bible belt. Isn't it interesting that you now see those folks, those elitists, those anti-religious people now using Bible verses repeatedly to justify their position? They're even paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to have billboards posted across the nation in heartland states like Oklahoma and Texas and Ohio and Kansas, Nebraska. They're actually paying for billboards to post Bible verses to justify abortion and justify homosexual sex and stuff like this. They're actually using the Bible openly and repeatedly now, and proudly as if they think that this is a good thing, that they should take a biblical position, a Christian position in the public square. Well, I thought these were the folks that were telling us that religion has no place in politics, that we should stay out of the public square with our Bible verses and our biblical belief. I thought these were the people that said there was a separation of church and state, but yet now you see Gavin Newsom and Kamala Harris and Joe Biden and the list goes on, of folks referencing Scripture as a support for their political positions. Hmm. That's today's topic. I could probably title it, Woe unto those who call good evil and evil good, bittersweet and sweet bitter, right, wrong, and wrong, right. Woe unto them who reverse the definitions of the Bible. Let's take a break, and when I get back, we're going to talk about some of these specifics We'll start out with Gavin Newsom, then we'll move to Kamala Harris, then we'll move to Joe Biden, and then to a, a representative, a state elected official in Virginia, who's actually using the Bible to justify removing children from the home, taking kids away from their parents because their parents don't support transgender identity in minors. Eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds, ten-year-olds. This woman actually thinks the state should remove 
the boys and girls from their home. Take them away from their parents if the parents don't celebrate a fabricated identity. And you know what? She says the Bible tells her to do so. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Let's take a break. I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. I don't know if any of the rest of you remember the song that we sang when we were kids. I remember singing it in Bible school, in Sunday school, back in Hillsdale, Michigan, when I was growing up. The B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Do you remember that? It, It was an attempt to teach young kids that the Bible is important. The B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Now, I haven't even thought of that song for probably uh, probably 55 years or more. I don't know. I mean, I'm 63 years old. I guess I was probably six, seven, eight years old in Bible school, Sunday school, when I was taught that song by Sunday school teachers and good moms and dads who are volunteering for church to teach their kids to read the Bible, understand the Bible, respect it as the inspired Word of God, and then stand on the clarity of what it says. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Now, you know that, especially if you are a Christian listening to me, and you've ever attempted to open your mouth in the public square, whether it be a school board meeting or a city council meeting, or maybe you wrote an opinion piece, a letter to the editor, to the local newspaper or whatnot. If you've ever attempted to enter the public square in any shape or form and stand alone on the Word of God, cite the Bible, quote a Bible verse, you know that you have likely been marginalized. In many cases, you've been mocked and maligned. People have rolled their eyes. Okay, here we have a Bible thumper who's coming into our city council or our school board meetings and suggesting that we're a Christian nation. Uh, This is a Christian nationalist. This person is dangerous. We need to remind this person, browbeat her, browbeat him with the fact that there's a separation of church and state in our Constitution, that there's a wall separating the church from the state, and that you, you Christians, can't breach that wall. Shame on you for quoting the Bible. Nobody cares. Not everybody in this room is a Christian, you know. How many times have you heard that? Well, in previous shows, you know I've covered the facts that our founding fathers did believe that our constitutional public republic excuse me our constitutional republic our nation america was founded on biblical principles the biblical ideas a biblical worldview i've quoted thomas jefferson i've quoted john adams i've quoted uh, George Washington, I've quoted Benjamin Franklin, Teddy Roosevelt, Woodrow Wilson. I've quoted numerous Supreme Court justices throughout the history of the United States who have all referenced Scripture as the basis for our free society. Now, nobody in any of those quotes suggested that it should be forced upon the American people to raise their hand and subscribe to and convert to a given faith or religion. No, that's not the point. 
The point is you have religious freedom. You can be a Christian or not be a Christian. You can be a Buddhist or not be a Buddhist. You can be an Anglican. You can be an atheist. You can be an agnostic. You can be a Hindu. You can be a Southern Baptist in the United States. It doesn't matter. You have the freedom to choose your religion. But that doesn't mean that we, we live in a vacuum with no basis for our laws and no, no um, foundation for the assumptions that lead us to saying this is right and this is wrong. These are our laws. These are our statutes. These are our ordinances. And they're grounded in this understanding of morality, of right and wrong, of what human beings are and how they should interact with one another. That's called a worldview. It's called a religion. Now, frankly, if you're an atheist listening to me right now, your religion is atheism. 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 You have a view on theism. You have a view of God, and your view is that he doesn't exist, that the only God that exists in this world is what you see in the mirror. That's essentially the claim of atheism. The human being is the ultimate authority. There is no authority higher than what you see in the mirror, the human being. Now, that is a religious view. You can't claim that it's not. In fact, our Supreme Court has found accordingly. This is a legal fact, and this is a historical fact. It's actually an ontological, epistemological, and theological fact. It's a logical fact. When you have a view of God, that's called a religion. So if you diminish the view of God, that doesn't mean you're less religious. It just means that is what you see God as being, lesser than rather than greater than. Okay? Now, then you have other religious views, and I've cited many of them. And in the United States, you have the freedom to decide. But that doesn't mean that you've got this uh, grab bag of uh, confusion where every time you try to enforce a community standard or establish a law or enforce an existing law that's been on the books for 200 years, that you proceed to do so with total confusion as to what your worldview is as you as you apply that law to society, to culture, you know, uh, the dignity of human life, for example. Other religions don't hold life, human life, the individual, the man and the woman, to have ultimate dignity. They hold the government, the political establishment, as being over and above the individual and his or her freedom. Okay? I could go on and on about that. The point here is the Bible or your religious view is going to have an impact on the way you engage in culture. And you can't, you can't get away from it. And the left is proving that right now. Let's start with Gavin Newsom. So Gavin Newsom, as you've probably read, is, is uh, launching a billboard campaign across the nation, not just in California, across the nation. In fact, he's focusing on other states that he has defined, Gavin Newsom has defined as anti-freedom states. Okay, And what would some of those states be? Well, Indiana, Mississippi, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Texas, these are anti-freedom states according to the governor of California. Why are they anti-freedom states? Because they have more restrictions on abortion than Gavin Newsom does in California, which isn't a very high bar. In California, you can get an abortion, you can kill your baby up until five seconds before it's born. That's totally legal. And as we've talked before on this show, there's also a law in the books there that makes it legal for you to abort a child post-abortion, kill a child post-abortion if that child was born as the result of a failed abortion. 
So you try to get an abortion, it fails, the kid's born alive, you can leave it in the pan, the cold steel pan in the surgery room, to die. You don't have to give it resuscitation or care. Uh, what do you call that? You, you call that infanticide. This is barbaric. And Gavin Newsom thinks that this is moral. Well, I obviously don't. Many of you listening don't think that's moral either. But Gavin Newsom is justifying his immorality, his barbarity, this butchery, this degradation of the human being to nothing but a lump of cells that can just be ignored and killed de facto. Either it's a sin of commission, you kill it before it's born, with scalpel and scissors by crushing its skull and dismembering its body and actually selling some of the body parts for profit to research facilities, um, universities in California and elsewhere. You can do that, or you can allow it to die by omission after it's born by just leaving it there untreated if it was born as the result of a botched abortion. So Gavin Newsom takes out a billboard campaign to support his views and to condemn Indiana, Mississippi, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Texas, etc. And what does the billboard say? Well, here's an example of one of them. Uh, it says this. These are He spent, uh, I believe, hundreds of thousands of dollars, well over $100,000 to buy some billboards in these states. To any woman seeking an abortion in these anti-freedom states, California will defend your right to make a decision about your own health. This is what Newsom tweeted. Okay, so here's what one billboard features as a result of his intent. He's trying to help these women seeking an abortion in anti-freedom states. We're going to defend your right to make a decision about your own health by killing your baby, destroying its health to the maximum extreme. It has no health if it's dead. All right. Need an abortion? California is ready to help, says the billboard. And then it quotes Mark 1231. That's actually a misquote, but here's what it says. And it says this on the billboard. It references the Bible verse, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, verse 31. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's no greater commandment than these. Close quote. So Gavin Newsom has a Bible campaign. He's promoting this view of abortion, okay, by referencing the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, verse 31. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I'm not too sure how killing your baby, which is the closest neighbor you have, if a mother actually is carrying a baby, that's the neighbor, the closest neighbor, closest human being to that mother is that baby, that boy or girl that's five seconds away from birth. Loving that neighbor, that baby as yourself, you're going to kill it because you find it inconvenient? Hmm. Is that the proper application of Mark 12, 31? No, it's not. And John MacArthur, the pastor of Grace Community Church in Sun Valley, California, has come out and said so. I mean, he has said so in spades. MacArthur is fearless. He's called it diabolical. He's called it wrong. Um, I don't know if you use the word satanic or not. Others have. Okay, this is what MacArthur says. The Dalai, and he's saying that directly. He's saying this directly to Gavin Newsom. The diabolical effects of your worldview are evident in the statistics of California's epidemic on crime, homelessness, sexual perversions, 
and other malignant expressions of human misery that stem directly from corrupt public policy. And then, and then MacArthur goes on and he says, I don't need to itemize or elaborate on the many immoral decisions you have perpetrated against God and his people in our state. Nevertheless, my goal in writing is not to contend with your politics, but rather plead with you to hear and heed what the Word of God actually says to men in your position. And then MacArthur goes on, and he says, Your billboard campaign is a sign of deep and personal rebellion against God and a shameless perversion of Scripture. And he says to Newsom, You, you further compounded the wickedness of that murderous campaign, abortion, by this act of gross blasphemy, quoting the very words of Jesus from Mark 12, 31, as as if you could somehow twist his meaning and arrogate his name in favor of butchering unborn infants. That's that's what uh, John MacArthur is saying to Gavin Newsom. Newsom, misusing the Bible. Uh, The executive director of Grace to You, which is a ministry of... John MacArthur's church says this, this kind of thing is happening in increasing increasing frequency, and that's the point of today's show. Politicians, he says, with no real interest in what the Bible actually teaches, seem to think that they can conjole God's people and marshal support for some ungodly cause by wrenching a Bible verse out of context and turning it against clear biblical teaching and principles. Excuse me. Newsom is by no means the first of the far left, he says, in America and its politicians to do this. And by the way, he did it literally billboarding his blasphemy from one end of the continent to another. And he goes on, he says, this is particularly egregious. And he concludes by saying, John MacArthur represents multiple multitudes of Christians who have had enough and were simply fed up with seeing and hearing elected officials misuse the word of God in such an arrogant and impious fashion. All right, that's not the only example. Uh, you have Kamala Harris. Uh, she, I don't think she knows a Bible verse well enough to actually quote it. So this is just an implicit message that she's giving. Um, she criticized Texas lawmakers recently when she was down there speaking. She criticized them for passing laws that protect unborn babies from abortion. She said women should be allowed to make decisions about their own future. Nobody disputes that women shouldn't be allowed to make decisions about their future. And if they don't want to get pregnant, then the decision they should make with regard to their future is to stop having sex in the present that could get them pregnant. That's the solution. That's taking charge of your future. Whether you're a man or you're a woman, if you don't want to suffer the consequences of engaging in sex, then... which could result in pregnancy and i.e. the responsibility of raising a child, then you might want to adjust your sexual activity accordingly. You think? You think maybe that personal responsibility and culpability is part of the solution here? If you don't want to get an STD, there's a way not to. Don't engage in unbiblical behavior that could give you the disease. In other words, all you have to do is take charge of your future by behaving properly in the present. You think Kamala Harris might want to think about that a bit? That's a sidebar. To, an, to, a, to a degree. Um, here's what Harris said. Uh, These ideals now hang in the balance, the ideal of making decisions about your own future, I guess. And in this moment, we count on the strength and conviction of our faith leaders to help lead us forward. <laughs> really? 
So you're calling on the church, you're calling upon the church to butcher babies so that women don't have to be inconvenienced by having a child in the house. And then she attempted to portray her pro-abortion beliefs as Christian by bringing up how she went to church as a child and studied the Bible. She's saying this. And then she implies that killing unborn babies in abortion is moral, according to the Bible. The Bible teaches us, according to Vice President Harris, to kill our babies because we want to take charge of our own future and we don't want to be inconvenienced by having too many kids in the house. She's telling Baptist pastors in, in Texas to fight it against the darkness for the light. Uh, again, this implicit reference to Scripture, an explicit reference to it by saying that she studied the Bible as she's arguing this ludicrous point. So you've got Gavin Newsom referencing the Bible. You've got Vice President Harris doing the same. And then, uh, we, lest I move on from this too quickly, uh, who can forget Joe Biden and the consummate consummate butchering of scripture when he said, this is his quote, and I I wish I had uploaded the recording so you could just listen to him babble through this, but this is his quote of several months ago. We can, with the help of God, heal, and if we do, and I'm sure we can, we can proclaim with the palmist, the, the, the palmist, who wrote these following words, the Lord is my strength and my shield, and with my song, I give him thanks. Close quote, Joe Biden. The palmist, he said it twice. It wasn't as if he was stuttering. Some people try to excuse him. Well, he has a stuttering problem, and you're mocking a guy that stutters. I'm not mocking anybody. I'm pointing out the fact that Joe Biden, who says he's a devout Catholic, Okay, do you know that the Catholic Church reads a psalm, not a palm, at the beginning of every Mass? My land, what is wrong with you that you can't read the word psalmist and recognize it as what it is if you've spent five seconds in Sunday school, Bible school, or if you've been catechized as a Catholic? You don't recognize the word psalmist? Or the Psalms? Are you a palmist? This is outrageous. So a devout Catholic botches a well-known book, perhaps one of the most well-known books of the Bible, Proverbs and Psalms. These are books that even atheists would acknowledge, understand, and pronounce correctly. Ugh. So here's my point in today's show. We've got the left trying to co-opt Scripture to manipulate the public view, to manipulate us into thinking that they are on the side of Christians. And the poster child of this problem this week is not any of the examples that I mentioned. It's not Gavin Newsom, it's not uh, Kamala Harris, and it's not even Joe Biden and his palmist (laughs) foolishness. Uh, what, 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 I, I, I'm speechless on this. Really? Palmist? <laughs> All right, I digress. I've only got a couple minutes left. All right, the poster child of this comes from Virginia. All right? And this is coming from a, a legislator in Virginia by the name of Elizabeth, Elizabeth Guzman, a Democrat, 
from Woodbridge, Virginia. And she's on what is called the House of Delegates in Virginia. The, you know, it's the same as a House of Representative member, the House of Delegates in Virginia. This is what she says. All right. She is calling upon parents who do not affirm their children's transgender status or their sexual preferences to face criminal charges of abuse or neglect. And under her proposal in this state of Virginia, the, this liberal Democrat claims the Bible justifies removing children from the home of their parents who, who don't obey their children's instructions. So if the moms and dads don't obey the child, when the child says, uh, I, I, I'm a girl, when the child isn't, and if the parents don't accommodate, obey the child, the 8 or 10-year-old who says, well, I'm a boy, when the child is actually a girl. If the parents do this, if the parents support biology, genetics, physiology, and reality, if the parents act like good moms and dads and confront their children when their children take their imagination too far to the point of their imagination being dangerous, this would be akin to telling a parent that if you step in the way of your child when your child says, I can fly, I can fly, I've got wings, I'm a bird, and your child is ready to jump off of a 30-foot cliff, a precipice, and jump off of the the, the, the peak of the, your house, your two-story house, your kid's up there ready to jump because he thinks he's a bird. He's pretending. He's in make-believe mode. And he says, I can fly, and he's ready to jump off the peak of your house to a 30-foot drop. And if you step in the way and say, well, no, you're not a bird. You don't have wings. You can't fly. Get off the house. Don't jump. If you do that, you can be arrested because you didn't accommodate. Uh, You're guilty of abuse and neglect because you didn't obey your child's uh, pretensions, fabrications, imagination. You didn't accommodate your child properly. What's the difference between jumping off a roof and hurting yourself, and pretending that you're a boy when you're a girl, or a girl when you're a boy, and demand that your mom and dad take you to a surgeon to get healthy organs removed. Tell me what the difference is. Well, this woman, Elizabeth Guzman, in Virginia, is calling upon parents to be investigated by Child Protective Services and the police. This is directly from her proposal. And The result could be either a temporary or a permanent removal of the children from the home if the parents don't follow the child rather than doing what good parents do, leading rather than following. But here's the point. She says the Bible, this is her quote, this is designed to help parents go by what the Bible says about gender ideology and homosexuality. That's what she's saying. The B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. She's saying that that's what she's doing. Joe Biden is saying that the palmist wrote the verses that he's quoting. Gavin Newsom is saying that abortion is approved and supported in the Bible, and Kamala Harris is doing likewise. Woe unto them who call evil good and good evil. Darkness, light, and light darkness. Woe unto them who reverse the definitions butcher the Bible. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.